it's Danny Howe back with another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. Sorry I haven't been with you for a while. So I had an older brother pass away recently, and he's actually the source of uh, many of the stories that I've related in this podcast. And thought I would uh, share a, a few about him um, because he was a wonderful storyteller, and uh, he told uh, uh, stories just as well about himself as about anybody else. So uh, he was born in uh, 1946, and um, uh, our mother was certain that he was going to be a girl, and so she'd bought quite a bit of, of girls' uh, baby clothing before discovering that he was a boy, and boy, and I think that probably um, went ahead and dressed him in the girls' clothes anyway, which might have explained some things later in life, but uh, at any rate, uh, he started off that way, and, um, and he was... Uh, uh, he had a, an interesting childhood growing up. Uh, he was a youth pastor at a church, at probably the only time he was devotedly, I think, religious perhaps, um, and um, was just uh, uh, someone who became fairly independent fairly young. When he was about 15 or 16, he left home and took a full-time job as a bellhop at the state park at the Spring Mill uh, Park had a wonderful hotel there, and at that time it was in its real heyday of being full of busy guests and conventions and everything, and they had a barracks where the bellhops lived, and so he, once he took that job, he never lived at home again, and he was a resourceful bellhop. He discovered at some point by uh, one day when he'd accidentally cut himself that he got more tips uh, because he was bleeding while he was carrying all the heavy luggage. So after that, he would cut himself on purpose to uh, keep the tip flow coming. And uh, mentioned one fellow that he would just follow around um, all day long. So the fellow had a bucket of quarters and would keep tossing quarters to him each time he needed something. One time he said that the, um, the square dance teacher didn't show up for the square dance lessons the hotel offered, so he figured he would just teach the square dance lessons and pick up those tips. And apparently he was able to do that. Today, if you go to the uh, hotel at the Spring Mill State Park, there in the lobby, uh, one of the pictures on the wall, in addition to all the uh, taxidermist uh, uh, work of the various animal heads, is a picture of folks sitting by the fireplace that was taken when he was a bellhop there, and they had him sit down with some other employees to pretend they were guests and made a postcard out of that picture, which um, I was able to buy on eBay from somebody in Canada. I'm not sure how it got all the way up there. And, um, and I can see that picture anytime we go. So it's very special. He was um, really able to get along with just about anybody. He um, was friends with all the people in uh, Mitchell that I was too scared uh, to, uh, to get too close to. Reason, in fact, I never went out at night very much. He knew all the knife fighters. He knew... Um, folks that uh, had been and out of prison, and um, later in life, he actually uh, ran a work release facility, he was a parole officer, and um, was quite uh, quite someone who could establish a rapport with just about anyone in any walk of life that he met. He went to college at Indiana University and uh, had to work quite a bit while he was there. He had a full-time job uh, at a, um, as a night desk clerk at a local motel. And while he was doing that job, he told me that um, some uh, burglars came in while he was asleep at the desk. 
and the safe was behind the desk and they broke into the safe and took all the money in there and my brother never woke up until it was morning and the owners discovered that uh, there'd been a robbery and fired him. He used to drive home uh, sometimes while he was uh, uh, in college and it was about an hour drive and he was usually working in addition to going to school and and he he told me that uh, you know one time uh, all the way down on the drive after he had taken some pharmaceuticals to help him stay awake a large pink rabbit followed him alongside the car during the during the whole trip and that apparently uh, scared him sober of uh, any further medicating at least for for, for that purpose. He went. He moved back to Mitchell later on in life and um, was, again, the source of a lot of, uh, of the things that I've been able to relate about people's experiences who are new to town. And, um, and at the same time, he, um, he enjoyed telling, again, some of the stories of his own experiences. He, they, uh, they took out a, um, uh, a telephone account and Turned out that the phone number that the local phone company gave him uh, used to belong, belong to the drug dealer, so he got quite a lot of interesting calls for a fair, fair amount of time. And um, he was, uh, he, he enjoyed uh, he, he just, I think, re-experiencing the dysfunctional life back there. For me, he was um, uh, a very special uh, uh, brother in a lot of ways. He gave me my first gun, he bought me my first car, uh, and uh, which I promptly wrecked, and uh, was uh, an example for me of how it was actually possible to escape a town like Mitchell, at least to varying degrees. So I miss him, and I appreciate being able to share some recollections uh, about him, as they seem to fit in pretty well with uh, the general vein of uh, life on the edge of reality in southern Indiana. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.